This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, here we go. Welcome to the hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on this Tuesday afternoon. You can reach us at 403-974-8255. Your phone calls, your texts. We'll have more time for both coming up later in the hour. Got some other issues to get to as well. Off the top in this hour, somewhat delicate and controversial issue, obviously, that uh, being vaccines. And the reason why some parents choose not to vaccinate their kids. I think it's important to understand that. Right? I mean, they're, they're kind of hardcore anti-vaxxers, you know, buy into to all the conspiracy theories. That's one level, though. I think there are parents out there who just aren't sure, aren't sure what to believe. And maybe they just opt not to vaccine or vaccinate, rather, because they just they don't know. They don't know what to make of all of it. Not that they're necessarily averse to, to vaccination, but they're hesitant. The so-called vaccine hesitant. So I, I think it's important to understand that to see what we can counteract. Because maybe amongst the, the true believers, the anti-vaxxers, maybe unfortunately there's, there's no getting through to them. There's no convincing them. Uh, I'm certainly of the belief that vaccination is important. Vaccination represents a huge public health achievement, just what we've been able to do through vaccines. And what more I think we still can do. But I don't think we, we should be forcing. I don't think that they should be mandatory. But if there are people we can convince... If there's a way to get through to them, I think we should figure out what it is. Well, there's an interesting new study out looking at not just why parents don't vaccinate, but kind of the reaction to them. And it's interesting and significant because it finds that children of the parents who make that decision tend to face a lot of stigma, more so than their parents actually do. I want to find out why that's significant. Joining us on the line is uh, Richard M. Carpiano is a professor of sociology at the uh, University of British Columbia, is associate member of the School of Population and Public Health and co-editor of the Journal of Health and Social Behavior. Richard, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. All right. Well, tell us a bit more then about, I mean, how you go about measuring something like this. Well, you know, there is a, uh, the, the, the original motivation for this comes out of, uh, there's been so much work that's been done about assessing how people think about issues like mental illness, uh, other sorts of communicable diseases like HIV. And so my colleague, uh, uh, Nick Fitz and I work, we're, really interested to see with all the recent news of that vaccinations have, have, have taken on in terms of, of media and, and the attention they've received, how do, uh, does the average person really respond to this? How, did, how do they think about the issues? And so what we decided to do was an experiment. And we uh, ended up, uh, so we have uh, had a, a sample of, uh, of Americans from, uh, from, all, uh, from nearly all 50 states from across the United States. And each one of them was randomized to one of four situations. So one of them described a mother who, was, uh, who had refused all vaccinations for a child, uh, sort of a typical sort of anti-vaxxer sort of profile, as, as you had described earlier. Uh, second was uh, someone who, a uh, mother who had delayed uh, vaccinations for a child. That means the child has received some of them, but she had some concerns about some safety issues uh, for, for some of them and decided to, to hold off uh, uh, making sure the child, is, so the child as a result is not fully up to date uh, on, on everything. Third situation was a parent who thinks that they're important, but um, has jobs and other family sorts of concerns, and so scheduling an appointment was a, was a challenge. And so as a result, the child wasn't, is, is not up to date on all, on all 
uh, recommended vaccinations. And then the fourth situation was simply a, a mother who um, thinks they're very important, made sure that the kid is up to date, and as a result is. Uh, and then what we did after that was we asked uh, every respondent a series of questions after they've been exposed and read, read that, uh, uh, we call a vignette, uh, to how exactly they react to the issue itself. So in terms of what they think about the mother, what they think about the situation itself. And, uh, and what we found was that in general, uh, all the situations that involved a child being not up to date uh, were viewed uh, quite harshly uh, in, in negative ways. But uh, situations like the full refusal, as well as the delay situation, when pa- for our parents who are, who are just sort of delaying some vaccinations were, were viewed uh, viewed the most harshly, with, with the refusal uh, parents being viewed by, by, by far the most negatively. So by that, what I mean is um, they was, there was more reaction in terms of blame, in terms of anger towards the mother, uh, in terms of uh, wanting to um, see the mother in terms of somebody who's very different from oneself and maybe other people that, that the respondent knew, um, as well as even you know, uh, a lack of, seeing a lack of credibility of the parent in terms of maybe parenting advice, uh, uh, health advice, and then uh, even da- uh, a perceived threat or a perceived sense of danger that the mother posed to the child as well as to the community. And then with that, with the, we also found that it was associated with, a, uh, with preferences to not socialize with the mother as well as with the child, uh, and so wanting to separate or what we call social, social distancing, not wanting to sort of uh, socialize, not wanting your, your child to be or someone else's child to be um, uh, you know, working on a school project with, with, uh, with that parent's child. And then with that, third, the third arm of this was uh, we, we looked at to what degree those sorts of attitudes and behaviors um, predicted also people's preferences for different, you know, what should be done about this? What sorts of different types of policy options uh, would someone be supportive of? And we gave them some kind of general uh, examples of some that have been used in North America and Canada and the United States, as well as in Australia and, and other places throughout the globe uh, with that. And we found there, again, that the more negatively someone viewed under vaccination, the more supportive they were for more, sort um, uh, as you could say, sort, sort of more uh, interventionist type policies. So things such as um, school bans, um, like they do in uh, California, if the child is not fully up to date, um, even pro, uh, uh, policies such as as uh, what they do in um, in Australia, such as what was called the uh, the no jab no pay policy, which was um, even uh, uh, denying uh, certain sorts of of, uh, of of social welfare types of benefits if a child wasn't up to date. Um, so in this case, I mean, we're not, we're not taking a stand on any one of these policies, but we wanted to see to what degree, you know, how far would people be interested or you know would be concerned to to push this if they saw the the degree of the issue. And we also asked for some more general sorts of supports for policies too, things like more education, more health services, and things like that. That. And that's a very important angle to that too. Thinking about you know we're, we're you know given given Alberta and what we know about there are there's a substantial number of of of, of unvaccinated children or undervaccinated children I should say mm-hmm. who are that who are in that situation um, not because of something that's say volitional that their that their parent the ch- parent made a choice that the child is not necessarily getting something but also due to health access issues healthcare access issues um, you know they might be uh, the families might uh, be sort of uh, um, 
uh, not have, be highly uh, mobile. Um, they might not have uh, uh, services that might not be nearby or have the operating hours that they need and, and things of that nature, too. So that, that is also that's, – we, we focus so much on anti-vaxxers, and they are a very um, – you know, I know this from, from uh, other analyses that I've done with uh, of, of Canadian data as well as with, with the United States, too. They are a very small percentage of the under-vaccinated population, um, you know, as you alluded to before. I mean, the people that we really want to be focusing our attention on are these people who are people who have concerns? They're parents. They care about their kids. It's that you know who who can't understand that, right? But we want to make sure that they're able to get the access, get the information that they need, have providers who are able to um, have those types of conversations with them about why vaccinations are important, and most importantly, what are the consequences if a child's not vaccinated in terms of you know in terms of disease and 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 the implications that that has, and not just for the child because this is not just a decision that a child uh, that a parent is making for their child, but they're also making a decision for their community. Now, this isn't like, you know, just you're, you're giving your kid a multivitamin or not. You know, this, what, the, what you decide to do with your child has implications and spillover for other children in the community because we are, we're talking here about, it, about infectious diseases. Yeah. Well, I mean, but to that then, why, why is it important to look at this side of it it's, as you see it, the importance of this research? Well, I'm glad you asked. I mean, to... You know, the part of this, I, you know, I will admit, is, is, is grounded a little bit in, in real-life motivation with this. When I, when I t- uh, was telling people what I, uh, prior to doing this study, what, what I study, I, I always noticed that um, this, the issue about vaccine hesitancy, and even, especially, particularly the anti-vaxxers, met with a, uh, you know, a really, uh, uh, you know, definitely a strong reaction from people about this. And so we, we put a lot of value upon vaccinations. Canadians definitely do. We, we, we know there's overwhelming support for, for vaccinations. And people value that. And Yet at the same time, you know, amidst, oh, you know, we had the Disneyland measles outbreak and all these other sorts of events, uh, uh, the uh, discredited uh, Andrew Wakefield findings uh, about about vac- vaccinations that have really led to um, some some public questioning and some, uh, you know, uh, undermining a bit of public confidence. And attention has been the media has given a lot of attention to um, anti-vaxxers who tend to be a very vocal uh, uh, group, albeit a very small minority. And so it's important, I, I, and we thought in this case, to see, so what in general does, it, does, how does the general public sort of react to this? Given what we know, what is the background and the support for vaccinations? You know, is this met with understanding or is these, you know, is, are we really hitting at some sort of real strong fault lines about norms about health behaviors? You know, no different than when we think about sort of uh, indoor smoking laws, if somebody were to light up and how people react to that, right? How, mm-hmm. how would we think about this in terms of, for something that relates to, to children? So there's also this other sort of value-loaded uh, angle to it, um, as well as just the health of the community as well, and the fact that um, we all want to make choices, and we all want to be free to do that, but at the same time, we are very much, in this case, dependent upon other people undertaking certain decisions to protect us as well. I mean, it, it does seem unfortunate. Well, look, to me personally, I think it's unfortunate that the children are getting vaccinated, but it does also seem, I, I think, unfortunate that these kids would would face this kind of stigma because it's really through no fault of their own. So, absolutely. Do we point a finger then at at, at those who would stigmatize them? Do we point a finger then at, at the parents who are creating this situation in the first place? 
Well, you know, in some ways, I, I don't think blame, you know, on, on either direction of it is, is, is going to be a good approach with this. And we definitely know, I mean, uh, the, the one thing that I, I worried about with these findings and even with publishing them, and the thing to get across is, you know, one, one you know, obviously stigmatizing children is, is, would be a horrible thing. We don't want that to, that to be happening. Um, and we know that, you know, sort of on the playground, parents approaching the anti-vax parent and letting them have it and telling them how they're wrong and everything else, that's not going to change things. And that's not going to be an effective way to, 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 to go about doing this. Um, but what it does show us is, I mean, at least sort of on, on, the, on the positive with this, I mean, I, to be honest, I had, I had no idea that the findings were going to come out as strongly as, as, as what they did. Um, but I think in this case, it does sh- at least reflect the fact of how much we do value the health of a community and what this means that, you know, policymakers are always sort of worried when they're thinking about sort of different strategies to take in order to improve public health. What might be, what might be met with a little bit of backlash? Um, you know, I mean, there, there, and there's, there's, there's politics to, to public health. And so, um, you know, there's, that certainly can, be, can create some sort of hesitancy about sort of pursuing different sorts of avenues. And in this case, it, knowing what we do know about public support and seeing where, where at least some of the support has been here in, in terms of what people, what our respondents kind of thought were, were a range of, of, of sort of acceptable policy options, at least to, to my mind, it gives um, you know, our, our public health uh, uh, professionals and, and elected officials, I think, a little bit more more of, of an understanding about sort of that there is a they, there's a range of options that could be pursued here. Um, yeah. Well, because it's interesting, we, we don't really have a national vaccine strategy in this no. country, right? I mean, it, it falls largely to the provinces, Absolutely. and we see all kinds of variations in, in vaccination rates, don't we? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, Ontario, very different than Alberta or B.C., uh, for instance, yeah. And, I mean, maybe on the one hand, it, we can see what works best. We can see which jurisdictions are, are succeeding and, and maybe others can learn from it. But do, do you think there's a need for, for a more broader national strategy? Well, when we say broader national strategy, there's actually a couple different angles to that. Um, you know, we, we can think about it just in terms of sort of, you know, sort of a national set of rules about, say, school enrollment or something like that, or what, what, or what vaccinations kids have to be up to date uh, with and, and by when. But it also extends to other things, too, like uh, we can think about national surveillance. Um, you know, we, we leave, um, as you said, because it's a, it's a provincial, mostly provincially handled issue, uh, you know, provinces are, you know, measure and, and assess the uh, their the coverage rates in very different ways. And so the sharing of information and the, and, and, and the data, it becomes part of that too. And so in, in many respects, a national strategy would be really great uh, in that regard. Um, there's certainly some work that, that gets done and, and, and analyses that get done out of Ottawa at a federal level to assess this, but not to the depth of which the provinces handle this. Um, and we do need to be able to see um, what's, what's so important here is you know, that we, we can look at sort of, well, Alberta's different than BC, in terms of coverage, or they're different than Ontario, or or whatnot. But really, it comes down to there's so much local level variation, and so to be able to even think about uh, being able to compare across different types of communities and trying out different programs and seeing what works, uh, you know, and different types of national strategies or even a regional one would would work really quite quite well in in that case in terms of of really getting those rates up, um, getting these parents who are who are very open to vaccination, but um, you know, as you, as you kind of mentioned, the, the sort of the fence sitting type that aren't they're still have a little bit of hesitance towards things, but, you know, need to have their, their concerns assuaged. Well, what do they uh, need to hear, though? What, what, what kind of information do you think a lot of those hesitant parents are looking for and need to hear? 
Well, I mean, there's a lot, often, oftentimes the, the way that our, uh, the, the way that health uh, visits gets, gets sort of scheduled and, and the way that uh, physicians sort of approach this uh, can be to, to some of these parents viewed as, as being it's a, it's a bit rushed and they, they, they want to have that extra sort of extra time to be able to sit down and work through why something isn't exactly uh, going to be, uh, present some sort of side effect, why it's actually been safe and evaluated. And um, you know, it, this is still a very much an emerging area of study. Um, you know, this is really in the past couple of years now, there's been more attention to it. And so there's a lot of work now starting to be looked at as sort of what exactly is your question is. So what exactly would be the most sort of effective strategies? What might backfire? And so we want to be able to certainly get that right. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, kind of just hitting at somebody and saying uh, with, the, with information, information is uh, in terms of, of dissuade, uh, dissuading people from, from myths is not, is not always the most effective way. But going through and saying and focusing on the importance of it and why exactly uh, and what exactly vaccinations can be preventing uh, ultimately and why that's important for health is is one particular uh, um, cons- is one particular concern with this yeah really fascinating well richard we'll leave it there thanks so much for making some time well, for us here today thank you so today. much for having me i appreciate it thanks much appreciate thanks again richard carpiano uh professor of sociology ubc co-editor of the journal of health and social behavior lead author on this uh, new study uh, it's just been published this month. 403-974-8255 is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.